Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Today's reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now about food sacrifice to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. But whoever loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols. We all know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things come and from whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom we all things come and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificed food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since they are conscious is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. Paul has graffitied on the prized plinth of the patriarchs. The Shema of Deuteronomy 6 was the pinnacle of Jewish monotheism. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. If you desecrated that, you were dead to the Jews. In fact, you were probably dead by stoning. But Paul graffitis Jesus' name right into that great prayer of Judaism. Have a look at verse 6. He has a new schema for the Shema. It is staggering. The fact that Paul can speak this way shows how robustly he has integrated Jesus into his understanding of God. Paul has integrated Jesus into the Old Testament picture of God, and this has given him a shatterproof understanding of all of creation. Paul can approach all questions about life from the perspective of his creator God, who he understands so well. The particular issue at hand in this chapter is about food sacrificed to idols. We don't think about idols much today, except for Father Christmas. He's an idol we roll out every December, or maybe in September. Anyway, in Corinth, idols have been fused into the fabric of society, and division sprung up in the church between those believers who, at great difficulty, avoided the food from these idols and those who didn't bat an eyelid about them. Paul approaches the topic by remembering who God is. God is creator of all things. We live through God. You can't get a more Old Testament idea than that. And therefore, 
Any food we receive must be a gift from God. Any claim that the food belongs to an idol or fuses you to the idol is ridiculous to Paul. It's like saying your house is mine because I put a post-it note on it. The meat is God's. We are God's. So crack on. But the caveat from this monotheistic preacher is that one God means one church. And one church means we all belong to one Lord. And if we all belong to one Lord, then if we do anything to separate a brother from his Lord, then it's also separating them from our Lord. And our Lord doesn't like that. So crack on, but only in a way that builds up the one body. The conclusion of this argument may not be hugely interesting for most of us today, but the process by which Paul gets there should inspire us. Could we get to know God that well? Could we get to know God so well that every decision we make flows from a deeply integrated understanding of his generous and unchanging character as the creator of all things? Question for reflection. Is there anything God made that you actually look at negatively? What would it look like for you to embrace all creation as a generous gift from God? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.